You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Adwukta. This is Murps. Hello. Uh, let's talk. There have been, I don't know about changes. I, I think if you were kind of unhappy with the meta before, I, I think some of you guys might still feel that way. But there is some stuff to talk about, um, and I don't know if there's exactly a, a, a solid strategy to surefire beat the meta, but there are things that'll make your experience a little bit better. So if you only hang out among certain circles, I think you might be frustrated, but there are the, ways to improve your win rates. The meta's not like that hard to beat um, overall. Uh, we're still in a very soft meta. Um, it's not as soft as it was before. I, I think the, the, like, we're talking about how soft the meta was uh, for the last two weeks, right? It's no longer like that anymore. Um, I think the, the people that came in and the people that came back had their fill. A lot of them left or stopped playing arena or got better. Um, but it's still softer than usual. This is still not like a, a strong meta yet. And so there's ways to take advantage of that. But first, let's talk about what mechanically changed in the arena. The patch hit, finally. Uh, or the, the while well, the patch hit and the micro adjust hit, we're not going to go over all the cards that have been like nerfed or buffed or, or whatever. Um, but the big important thing to note is that one hunter wild seeds that stag uh, that is a three turn delayed it now has a three damage weapon instead of a four damage weapon, which is not that big of a deal. Uh, and uh, two hunter had their offering rates of all the wild seed cards nerfed, um, not by a ton. This was a very small nerf. I think it went down like maybe like 15, 20%. I don't know the exact number, but uh, the offering rates were reduced by a little bit. And these two changes combined sent Hunter from 55% win rate almost down to 50%. So it was, uh, it was a very small change. Hunter is not at the bottom right now. Hunter's doing perfectly fine. In fact, I would argue that Hunter's doing just as good as it was before if you were playing hunter the right way anyway and if you were playing hunter the wrong way it now sucks compared to what it was before so stop playing hunter the wrong way um should be a run coming up on youtube later in the week uh we just got a 12 win hunter run that ran 7-1 drops and 10-2 drops uh that's how you play hunter right that's how you should play hunter and it beat a lot of very powerful decks um because it was a hunter it was not one of these fake hunters that relies on card advantage and wild seed swings and all this fancy stuff it was just a normal we didn't have reach cards it was just a normal like you would think that a 12 win hunter that goes super aggro would have aggro cards but but no it was just one drops and two drops that's all you need um it, uh, it's, it's, it's part to do with the meta. But anyway, with Hunter going down and nothing else really changing that much, they, they boosted a whole bunch of classes. The most notable one is Warrior, which is now at 50% win rate. It was at the bottom before, but it's not like Warrior's a monster now to contend with or anything like that. Um, your, your Mage was not touched. That's the big takeaway on the meta uh, change from, from last week. Uh, the, the Mage was not touched. The Hunter was knocked down. So Hunter's a normal class now. It's totally fine. But Mage is now a huge problem because it was a huge problem. And we spent two Lightforge podcasts talking more about Mage, the second highest win rate class, than about Hunter, the number one highest win rate class. And they didn't 
freaking change mage. So the location's still there. The location is still in every single deck. By the way, if you didn't know, locations have a huge offering bonus. That's just for locations. Every class's locations has the same offering bonus. Um, so if you're wondering why you see locations more often than you see other, you know, class cards for Mage, even in the new expansion, or for any class, that's why. Because they have a huge offering bonus. Um, they wanted you to play there. with locations. They, they consider this the location expansion, and they want you to play with the new stuff. It, it's, it's like an offering bonus for sets except they were just like this is what the set's all about so we're just gonna focus on that which ends up being pretty annoying when you have something like the mage secret and to, to, to a lot less of an extent the priest uh, not not secret, secret like the uh <laughs> the priest uh, secret, location, the location the priest yeah, location, yeah. The priest location. Is, uh, it's almost as bad as the mage location. It's not as bad. It's not you as get bad. To play the game, but it's 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 almost as powerful. Um, the mage location though is everywhere. Then you have uh, Deathborn, which was not reduced in offering rates, and so n neither were any of the secret synergies that mage has. So mage, not surprisingly, because it wasn't really nerfed, has basically the same win rate. Uh, maybe like a tiny bit higher. Maybe around the same. I don't exactly remember what mage's actual win rate was in the in the previous meta, but it's at fifty three point four percent right now. Which is not bad, by the way. If your highest win rate class in a meta is 53.4%, you have a pretty balanced meta. The problem with Mage is the same problem we've been harping on for two weeks, and so we're, we're a broken record now. But for Mage, one out of four decks is a 12-win deck. The other three out of four decks is below average. As in, if I went out there right now and I drafted a, I don't know, Warrior or a Demon Hunter... Like, those are mid-middling kind of classes. On average, the deck will be better than three-quarters of mages' decks. Because those mages' decks that don't get the right cards are kind of bad. They're not, like, average. They're bad. They're probably along the lines of, like, I mean, maybe they're a little better than Rogue, but they're no better than Shaman or Warlock right now. That's most mages. So if you're at seven wins, you're not going to see those mages, Right. You're only going to see the mages that drafted the 1 and 4 deck, and those 1 and 4 decks is absurdly ridiculous powerful. Um, and frustrating to play against. So, I'm going to break this meta down into, into two separate parts. One is the one we're going to completely ignore. And that is the mages that have the decks that make it. And that's going to be a quarter of the mages in almost every mage you see when you get high enough win rate. So it's not like, oh, it's just one class and only one quarter of one class. No, it's actually a very big part of the meta if you're going for like high win, um, the high win numbers. We're just going to set them aside. Because against those decks, one of two things are going to happen. They're going to draw their cards and you're going to lose. Or they're not going to draw their cards and they're going to be a bad mage deck just like all the other decks. So that's not up to them. That's not up to you. That is just up to RNG, right? And if you have a good deck, you're probably going to draw your stuff, but sometimes you don't, right? So that's how you play against the, the good mage decks at the high win rates, which is to say you pretend that they're bad mage decks at the high win rates. Because if they were a good mage deck and they draw like they're a good mage deck, you have already lost the game and there's nothing your deck can do. This is why, this is, this is why mage needed... This is why we kept complaining about mages, right? And we weren't complaining that much about hunters. And whenever Murps complain a little bit about Hunters and how like blatantly overpowered some of the cards are, I'm like, no, no, no. But like, let's focus on the Mage because the Hunter is still like it's it's still just a class, right? Like classes get more powerful. The Mage is like Priest times a million right now. 
uh, in terms of annoyingness. So, unfortunately, the balance team decided that despite Mage having a high win rate too, it wasn't needed to be shot down at all. And despite mages being the bigger philosophical problem, I think, in the arena right now, that they didn't need to nerf mage down. And um, I can't explain that decision, because the design team usually focuses a lot on what's fun in the arena, right? And what player experience is, even more so than like strict win rates. And here you have kind of the intersection of Mage is the second highest win rate class. It was already at 53% win rate. You might want to knock it down a little. And Mage is like the least fun class ever in the history of Arena to face. Except maybe some pre stacks at some points. And they just somehow didn't touch Mage. I, I do not understand. I don't get it either. Um, mages are definitely extraordinarily frustrating to play against. And, you know, it could also just be that um, they have their eye on mages, and mages are just harder to fix than hunters, which is true. Because if you look at hunters, and I think if you ask anyone, it's like, you know, what, what would be your fix? It's like, oh, reduce the offering rates to the absolutely broken cards. Um, mm -hmm. Because mages, uh, their problem is more so the... the package of mage yeah. cards. It's not just the location, right? Whereas mm -hmm. for hunters... Um, yeah, if you just nerf the uh, the wild seeds, uh, hunters get a lot more tolerable. They get a lot better. So I can I can see this if the plan was, well, w we we want to wait and see approach, um, and we're just not sure yet. But we do want to put out a fix for hunters. That's fine. Um, but it's you know this is where we uh, I, I wish we got like a dev blog right where mm -hmm, they explain yeah. the decisions. Um, to not to, to do things, but and also not do things, um, which is typically you know whenever games have like a dev blog uh, or an update patch and they they write stuff in, um, they equally talk about what was not changed that they know the community is kind of angry about. So maybe sometime in the future we'll get one of those, but for right now I don't know. Like uh, we could guess, but maybe they think it's okay. Hopefully they don't think it's okay and they just are unsure of exactly how to touch this. By the way, Nightcloak Sanctum has the highest win rate in the entire game. It is tied with Aralon, the legendary hunter wild seed card. Just just a FYI. And Aralon is seen 3,000 times since the patch came out. Nightcloak Sanctum was seen 100,000 times. 3,000, less than 3,000 really, and more than 100,000. That's the amount of not funness and badness that exists. And they were like, well, Aralon needed to be nerfed a little bit at least. But Nightcloak Sanctum? Let's just leave where it is, see what happens. Um, if you want to compare Nightcloak Sanctum to, uh, let's just compare to the other rare mage card to see the offering rate bonus, Deathborn, right? Auto pick, really good. Uh, mm -hmm. It is the. Uh, the, the second highest win rate card that is rare or common, um, not surprisingly. And Deathborn was seen 24,000 times. Nightcloak Sanctum, 110,000 times. So more than four times the offering rate of Deathborn, which is a uh, rare card, uh, which is a, a rare card also and has the, the regular, like, you know, new set bonus. So that's, and, and that's not a Nightcloak Sanctum special. All the other, um, 
uh, locations are offered the same amount of times. The, the amount of times it's seen is a reflection of uh, the fact that it is uh, the number one class and everyone's picking it um, and everyone's picking it now. So I'm starting off there, right? That's why I divide the world right now into mage decks you face at high win rates and all the other decks. Because mage decks you face at high win rates are special and we don't really need to talk about them because they don't matter. Right? You're just going to lose, or they're going to be like all the other decks we're talking about. So, in your mind, when you're playing this meta, the location for Beige doesn't exist. Deathborn doesn't exist. Nightcloak Sanctum? Nope. Puzzle Box? Maybe. Maybe Puzzle Box can exist, even though it's an epic card and those two are, are rares. Even though Puzzle Box is seen way less often. Like, we're talking like 2% the amount of time it's Nightcloak Sanctum. You can't play around Nightcloak Sanctum. You can't address Nightcloak Sanctum. So just like we keep tell, uh, teaching you guys for like, you know, eight years now, if there's something in the match that if your opponent has it, you just lose, then it's the same as your opponent 100% not having it as far as your decision-making is concerned. Because if they have a 100% win rate, then any decision you make taking that into account is wrong. So that is this whole mage package right now. If they have it, they have it. So all you're concerned with is when they don't have it, and all the other matchups you have that you're not facing mage in the first place, right? Um, so overall, I would say the vast majority of your games are going to be versus the second, uh, the, the the second group of of, of classes, and uh, because that also includes high win mages that just don't hit their draws. Which, which happens a lot. Like, how many locations is a mage deck going to have, right? Like, you can easily not draw it in the first half of the game. Um, in the first half of your deck, I mean. So, in the second half of opponents that you face, there's one common thread that kind of runs through all of them compared to what we usually see. And that is that all of these decks are slow and bad. Doesn't matter the win rate, really. Doesn't matter what kind of class, really. Like, maybe Demon Hunters are a little faster, but, you know, maybe Hunters are a little... Hunters are not faster. I mean, they should be faster, but no one's drafting Foul Hunters fast for whatever reason. Paladins are a little faster, but for Paladins, this meta is slow. For Demon Hunters, this meta is slow. For the rest of the classes, this meta is super slow. And the card quality is not that high. Like, we've talked about it before. There's a lot of wild cards in here. So you just have these, like, somewhat janky, slow... Like, even the good cards. In fact, especially the good cards. What are the best cards in this set? They're, like, the corrupt cards, right? The the new, the top neutral um, common card in the game outside of Anonymous Informant, which is basically a class card, is Dark Moon Statue. It's a corrupt card. Um... Your, all of your infuses that are super powerful for the classes. Those are all delayed tempo. So even your good, amazing best cards in this game right now are delayed. And your other cards are bad. Or they're card drawy kind of cards, right? Because you have, uh, you have Skullamance in the meta. So you have this, and we've called this out before the, the setting of launch, right? It was very obvious that they were going, they, they put Corrupt back in, right? They put, um, they put Skullamance uh, with Spellburst and Endless Card Advantage back in. They want this meta to be slow, you draw a lot of cards, and you have that room and that space so that these delayed tempo or delayed anything mechanics can have their room to breathe and be good and be, like, interesting. That's all great from a design perspective. 
But the easiest way to beat this meta is to not play their game. Because if you play their game, you're going to win and lose based on how good your deck is. And if you win or lose based on how good your deck is, you're going to win and lose like 50% of the time, which is not great. That's like a three-win average. Like maybe four wins if you like, you know, really toss out the Super Papega players. Uh, and if you want a higher win rate than that in this meta, you got to do something different. you got to counter what is 100% of the decks that matter in this meta, almost 100% which are these slow decks with the delay tempo, with the endless card advantage, with the you know possible big bombs at the end. And you do that in a very, 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 very simple way. You play tempo. You play tempo, you make sure you hit face a decent amount of times. You don't have to go face on turn one. Remember, these decks are slow, and they're bad. Like, this is not one of those like, oh, you gotta go aggro and win the game by turn six, or else on turn seven something ridiculous comes out and wins the game for your opponent. No. Those turn 7 cards don't exist. There's no Raid of Anixia dominating the meta or like whatever other stuff you may be thinking of in the past, right? No Flame Strike. I mean, yeah, there is Flame Strikes, but it's epic now. Um, you just, like, none of those cards exist in large enough quantities for you to really be scared of. So you actually have enough space that you could conceivably win the game on like turn 10 even. And that is a very tempo game compared to what your opponents are probably doing. Now, you can't, like, aim for turn 10, because a lot of decks are going to be faster than turn 10, but it just means you don't have to push super hard. You just have to, you just have to be pushing somewhat, right? You just got to draft your deck in a tempo way, and then you got to push some face, and you got to take your spaces when you get them. And it's not like, like, your cards are going to have Infuse, Corrupt, and all that stuff too, right? It's not like you're not going to draft Corrupt, Infuse, whatever cards. You're just going to have to structure your play and structure the amount of things you have killed off and the amount of like high mana cards and when you play them in a way that you get your corrupt, you get your infuses out as soon, not as soon as possible, but faster than your opponents. Like a lot of people think that you can just wait on these. Like if it's a corrupt card, if it's an infused card and the power is in your hand, they get very comfortable. They're like, I just have this power. I have, you know, like if I have a corrupt card that's like, let's say the, the mammoth, uh, that's like 5 mana, and I have a 6 mana card in my hand. I'm like, at some point I'll play the 6 mana card, and then after that, I'll play my 5 mana 8-8 eight, eight rush, and I'll get all the tempo back. Maybe their 5 mana 8-8 eight, eight tempo card is already, you know, buffed, it's already corrupted. They're still holding on to it, being like, oh, we could get it up out anytime. It's, it's very easy to fall into these kinds of, like, complacency traps, and a lot of opponents do this. And so they go even slower than they can. And your job is to punish them all for it. So, I, I, it, it doesn't really, it, like, it's such a simple strategy, but it works so well. My win rate in this meta is extremely high. And my win rate in this meta is extremely high, partly because of luck, but partly also because I just keep freaking drafting tempo decks. And whenever I've drafted a slow deck, it has not worked out. Because my slow decks are not absurdly powerful, like the things that I face when I get to, like, mid-win rates. But if your tempo... Your opponent can't do anything most of the time because they're not tempo. They're pointedly not tempo, and the meta is pointedly not tempo. So what they have to deal with to, in order to get to the high win rates is generally not tempo or aggro. So you just have a lot of decks sitting at like six, seven, eight wins that are just not ready for a normal tempo deck. Nothing crazy. Just get your ones, your twos, your threes, your fours, and make sure that you're doing good trades on the board and otherwise hitting the face. That's all you need to do pretty good in this meta.
against the second half of the kind of decks that you face that are not those ridiculous mage decks that hit their draws. The real problem with uh, trying to draft, uh, not even play, like draft those sorts of slow decks um, is you can't see into the future. You're not Doctor Strange, you don't see all the possibilities. So if you commit to... And if you were Doctor Strange, you would only see one possibility that works, <laughs> and, and that's terrible odds. Th that's true. Uh, although, I don't think getting 12 wins is as hard as beating Thanos, but uh, who knows? Some people on Arena HS would certainly agree with that statement. <laughs> uh, but the problem really lies in that uh, you can consistently draft a serviceable tempo deck that can get you some amount of wins, you know? Like, and of course, there is some luck factor to it, right? There mm -hmm. are games that are completely unwinnable. You, you accept those, and that's fine. Um, the problem is, if you are committing to the sorts of mages that beat you all the time, the sorts of priest decks that beat you all the time, uh, that you're like, oh, why can't I get those decks? Um, if you want to consistently get higher wins or just have a good average, you can't commit to those decks because you will just get beaten. There's two ways that the game beats you. One way is you commit to the draft. You don't get the draft that you want. That's That happens mm -hmm. a decent amount of times. Um, or you commit to that and you just get beat because you don't draft your good cards and you won't have a deck full of good cards. You can have a deck with a lot of good cards, but you can also draw poorly. Um, and then you can also just face another deck with even less good cards than you, but they played theirs earlier. They drafted theirs they, earlier. They, they got theirs earlier. They got the Sire Denathrius in their opening hand. And then they were able to like push you off, and you were just like, oh man, I have so much value. And then boom, 25 damage Sire to the face, and you lose. Um, those will happen. So that's really the problem with those decks. If you have one of those uh, decks, uh, the, the super value, uh, all the tools in the world, sure, that's great. You will win a lot. You, you probably will get 12. Um, but it's low EV, just going for those, reaching for those. Because um, there's too many ways to get beat. The draft can just beat you up immediately because at the end of the 30-card draft, you can look at yourself and be like, wow, that wasn't worth it. I should have leaned in That's a other direction. That's what happens most of the time. That's what happens most, most of, of the, the time. time, yeah. You're just done at the end of the draft. So, yeah. Um, and, and if you're, like, doubting this, because I know we're making it sound kind of easy, it's like, just draft Yetis, you'll be fine. What? Like, okay. In every single new expansion that's come out, in my memory stretching back for like two, three, four years. The new set has always had kick-ass common and or rare neutral cards that are just tier one or tier S, right? They're sometimes just beating the current meta or at the very least, their power levels are tied to the top of the current. We know that's not the case in this meta. We, we, we put out our ratings and half of them are wrong and the other half are just not suitable for this meta. Right now, we said this every single week since this, um, since this expansion came out, the top card that was released in neutral is Forensic Duster by Winrate. And it is performing worse than Mermy. And Mermy's not performing super well. I remember there was a meta where Mermy was just like the number one card for no apparent reason, because uh, there was a little bit of a Murloc synergy and whatever. But in this meta, Mermy's performing um, really well. Because, like I said, it's a temple meta. But it's not, like, one of the top, like, three neutral cards or anything like that. Uh, Forensic Duster is just a really good card. But it's not super amazing. 
It's not more amazing than Mermaid. It's not more amazing than Crab Rider or Bone Wraith. Those are Claw Machine. Like, those are all really good cards. But they're not cards that you see one and you're like, Oh my god, the game is over. We say that sometimes, but we don't really mean it unless we're already losing, right? These are not single-handedly win-you-the-game kind of cards. And we've been in a meta, many metas, stretching back for, like, many metas with, like, Night Captain in it. And that was just a thing before they nerfed the offering rate to Night Captain. We had Gangplank. We had, I don't know, I could just keep naming stuff that goes back. But there's always those ridiculous neutral cards. And they don't exist in this meta. So you're not getting beat by your neutral cards. In fact, if you look at the neutral cards, the number one neutral common card is Anonymous Informant, which is not a neutral card at all. It's a, that's the one that makes secrets cost zero. So that's effectively like a Mage and Hunter card, which is why it's so high. Uh, then it's Darkmoon Statue, which we've covered. Darkmoon Statue is a super good card. We rate it like a B plus. Um, and the next highest win rate card is a card you will never, ever, ever guess if I gave you 20 tries. It's Tempo Berserker. T-E-M-P-L-E. -E, although it might as well read T-E-M-P-O. Because it does nothing but provide some tempo on the board. It doesn't even provide that much more tempo on the board than it should, but it provides a bit, and it's really annoying to get rid of, and it acts like a ping in an otherwise low ping kind of meta. And it is the second best win rate neutral common in the entire game. This is a card where even in its own time it was not top three. But in this meta, it is top uh, two or three, depending on how you uh, how you uh, count. I see and it. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it, it's one of those cards that um, I see it. I'm like, oh wow, it's performing really well. Um, and then the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know what? This kind of makes sense. So if you guys remember, something that uh, I talked about last week was uh, just how good one ones are right now. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like yep. um, how good one ones are and you're always looking for the counter to what's good right you see a lot of one ones you see a lot of tokens around uh well what's good against that temple berserker dominates it punishes the other side for having one ones right um it punishes them for trying to play small um it's just another body bodies are now pretty important because bodies for example keep shamans off the board they keep druids off the board they apply pressure they are something that is a little bit more awkward these two bodies for a mage to remove um it just works like the reasons that temple berserker was always like pretty decent have made it quite good in this meta um and you're getting a lot for just two mana so i I see it. Like, I, I see it in the games that I'm in. And when you think about it, you're like, okay, this makes a lot of sense in a meta perspective. Yeah. Um, it's it's that, that tempo that, that you just need. Uh, and it it counters your opponent's stuff that has one attack, which there's, there's actually quite a lot uh, in this meta. And if you look at the whole entire picture, right, it tells the same story. I'm going to say the mana cost of all the common neutrals going down, just going down the win rate list on HS Replay. Anonymous Informant, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to say the, the actual mana cost, not the name. Two, three, two, two, six, one, three, two, four, two, two, one, five, two, ten, three, four, 
two, two, one, two. Do, 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 do you see a pattern here? No, because you read too many freaking numbers. Okay, well the pattern is, one, there's a lot of twos, so I keep saying two. But also, they're generally small cards that are curved. They are in the one, two, three, four, not even four, really the one, two, three section. There's not a big glut of anything. And if I had read this list out in any of the prior metas for like the last like two years, you would hear plenty of fives and sixes and sevens and eights. And they're just not here. Like, we, I, I keep thinking, did we get Stoneborn General wrong? Because we listed it as an A card and it's performing worse than Priest of the Deceased. And I still don't think we got Stoneborn General wrong wrong. Like, I think this is just a terrible, terrible meta for it. Why is this a terrible meta for a 10-drop if it's a super slow meta specifically designed to get to 10 mana cards? It's because the people that are actually winning, the decks that are actually winning, are all winning before that. And if you're getting to the point where your 10-drops are making big swings on the board, your win rate of that deck is not that high. Because you're enrolling yourself into the RNG that is who gets what, you know, ridiculous swing power in the end that were like super delay, whether it's super delay tempo or it's a big combo or it's just one giant card. Uh, you're, you're, you're signing yourself up for that voluntarily by putting a uh, Stoneboard General in your deck. And that in itself is lowering your win rate. Even if the card, is, you know, should be much better than that. Like Rap Golem. Historically, one of the best performing cards is right now performing below Bone Wraith. The same win rate as Dredger Staff. Barely above Priest of the Deceased. Rap Golem didn't all of a sudden get crappy. Like, we know what Rap Golem does. Especially in this meta where there are fewer pings, Rap Golem is amazing. But Rap Golem is 7 mana, and Rap Golem has no real initiative. It has a 1-1 taunt that it comes up. So Rap Golem gets destroyed a lot of times by the time it comes out, even. So this is the meta that we're talking about. I'm trying to use some win rates to back my uh, to back my theory up, but just in practice, draft a little bit of a tempo-heavy deck. You know, normally we say like five-two drops, go for six. You know, normally we say max of three-one drops. Like actually, go for three-one drops. Um, Right? Like, make sure you have what it takes to push. And the decks that I've been having success with, they don't even need reach. Like, they just, you just, because you have so much space. You have so much space in this meta. Um, and whether you want it or not, you're going to have some card draw cards because Skullamance is in, because some of those cards are really good, um, because there's a lot of discovers still and all this other stuff in the, in the game. You're just going to, you're going to have more cards than an actual aggro deck. So, even if you try to draft low, your, your game is... You're going to be fine through 10 mana. You're not really going to run out of cards. And uh, you just... You, you have that much space to punch your opponents more in the face. Reach is helpful always. Um, when you're trying to play tempo. But it's not necessary in, uh, in, in this kind of meta. Alright. Alright, cool. Um, so that's that's the key to the meta, um, and I think you'll see everything shifting that way because the win rates don't lie. Uh, I think you'll you'll see people start shifting out of the really slow style into faster, more upbeat uh, kind of decks as uh, as the meta matures uh, a bit more. You already start seeing it a bit uh, compared to what it was last week uh, when when hunters were dominating, um, uh, but but you're going to see it even more. Um, okay. 
Uh, and one of the reasons why you, I, I can tell you that you're, you're already seeing it more is that priest win rate went down. Priest win rate went down by like 1%, even though they didn't nerf anything. And if anything, they nerfed its competition, so priest should be doing even better. But you know what priest was actually pretty damn good at? Facing down really slow hunters. They're really good at that. If you're a slow hunter, priest is your nightmare. Um, but uh, now those hunters are are middling kind of decks, and so priest win rate is uh, is down. Priest isn't really good against mage. Um, okay, uh, what else did I want to cover? Let's go a card good bad. All right, we already talked about tempo berserker. Let's do the other card good bad we have uh, on the docket for today, and it's just one that I've been waiting to talk about since uh, since this expansion came on. I came out. And it's a good time to talk about it now because we really have a better understanding of, of the meta. And this card is a very important part of the meta, even though it's not like the highest win rate. It is Priest of the Deceased. Two mana, two, three, common neutral, taunt, infuse three, gain plus two, plus two. So it's a Yeti with taunt if you let it get infused. And it's otherwise a two, three taunt. 2-3 taunt for 2 is very good. Yeti with taunt is obviously even better. I'm not focused on whether it's good or not. It's clearly good. It's also clearly not a super ridiculously amazing card. I want to focus on when you actually want to play this card. I don't know that people are playing it right or wrong. I don't really have a good sense of that. But I have gotten into many situations myself where I'm trying to figure out if I should play it for tempo or uh or or to hold out because infuse three is really easy to meet right so the only times you're making these decisions are when like you're probably going to meet this condition in one or two turns at most and you're wondering if you should like wait or not um so doing a little math the answer is not just always wait uh because plus two plus two is not really that good if you have nothing else to do on that turn like if that two mana is effectively going to be wasted you should actually always play this 2-3 taunt as a 2-3 taunt, even if there's just one more turn that you need to wait before it becomes a 4-5. Um, it's, it's marginal. It's not that big of an advantage to play compared to waiting a turn, but the, the, the math at least still favors playing immediately. Um, and obviously, on the other hand, if you have like a croc to play instead of the Priest of the Deceased, you would always wait, right? Easy. Uh, but the, the waiting one turn... Uh, balance is somewhere around a 2-2 two, two for 2 mana. So if you could play a 2-2 two, two for 2 mana, you should still wait a turn, but just barely. And if you have to wait 2 turns, no. Then you should just get this 2-3 with Taunt out. Um, but if you have to play like a 1-1 one, one or a 2-1 or you know something along those lines, uh, you would just want to get the Priest of the Deceased out immediately, even if you have to wait a turn. Even if waiting one more turn turns it into a Yeti. So, that's how important tempo is. And I think people must be misplaying it something, because I don't know that people are are that tempo-focused, especially in this meta, as, uh, as, as, as I, uh, I, I like to play. And uh, I, I ran some of the, the numbers in just to kind of give you guys a... A, a bar, right, of how aggressive you should be in pushing this tempo thing. Like, infuse doesn't mean wait. Infuse is literally infuse. It's giving you the option. And the infuse cards are all designed so that you can play it without infuse. And that is the correct decision some of the time. So if you're always waiting for the infuse, unless let's say you're top decking or something, then you're doing it wrong. 
and Priest of the Deceased being the standard bearer card, and it's performing pretty well. It's around where Stoneborn Accuser and Stoneborn General is, it's around where Dredger Staff and Rap Golem is, it's around where Darkmoon Dirigible is. These are good cards, right? You can eke out more of an advantage with this card if you don't infuse it in some scenarios. And recognizing what those scenarios are is not only one, obviously, but makes you a better player, but two, it's the exact type of thing that you need to do to win in this kind of meta. Because you're trying to tempo and you're trying to push. So any time that you could be like, oh, it's actually correct to play Priest of the Seas as a 2-3 as a taunt, that's a really big net EV gain for your play. I agree. Tempo's good. <laughs> All right. Anything else you wanna you wanna add about uh, about this uh, this new meta that we are we are in? I don't know necessarily if there's anything to add um, because look for those of you guys who are out there and frustrated, I understand what the frustration is um, because I I think the okay. If we get down to why people are frustrated, um, metas that break this quote fundamental rule, and it's not—it's not really a fundamental rule. Like people just think it should be the way in arena, um, but like people think a rule has been broken in which their incremental gains in value or the fact that they have a big bomb or like they have two big bombs and they lost to somebody who played their one big bomb first and they should win because they had two big bombs in hand but because the opponent played a big bomb first they lost um that just means that yeah like you you can't play like this like i understand mm -hmm. that you want to play bombs you want to do all of this stuff uh i mean you're talking to a person who like for quite a few metas, enjoyed playing Priest uh, that went into Fatigue regularly. Oh, like, I loved my Fatigue Priest. Uh, those are not possible anymore. And also, part of the reason that these big control decks don't work is that um, one big card can beat three of your big cards. Even if three of your big cards are quite good. One puzzle box can beat anything, right? Like, a mm -hmm. puzzle box can beat anything. One Onyx Mage Scribe can beat anything, potentially. Who knows, right? One like, mage location does beat everything. Uh, well, that's different. <laughs> that that's that's different in terms. But yes, yes. I mean, that thing can win the game for them on the spot, effectively. You know, starting from turn three. Uh, but that is a little bit different. Um, and I understand some people are frustrated because if you wanted to play it like in the old days, uh, and the the pre drafts I had. Um, I went into fatigue, but starting from like halfway through the game, I'm like, I got this game. I got this game. Because the only things mm. I have to play around are like, what, just a Deathwing, right? Uh, just a, like, crappy dragon, right? Like, um, something like Anixia. Uh, I don't care about that, right? Um, I, like, th those aren't good things. Um, or, like, Shovel Fist, like a 9-9 Rush. I, I can take care of those, no worries. Uh, now it's a lot more problematic. Um, even something just as problematic as a puzzle box, right? Something that we've seen for a while. Well, that can pull out something crazy. You could just lose. So I get the frustrations. Um, but it also goes to show that 
it, it means that this style of play, if you enjoyed it in past years like I did, or if you just want to play on like that, um, it's just not available right now. You're not going to win a lot if you do it. It's also what, like, they try to push on you, right? Like, if you just try to draft a deck and focus just on your own synergies and not on the meta, you're going to end up with a slow deck that has a lot of synergies and has a lot of, like, you know, stuff that can infuse, stuff that could corrupt, some, like, actual combos, some really good big cards. Yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen because the, draft, the, the offering odds are stacked in that way and the card selection is all pointing in that way so that and that's why the meta is that way like this is all all very consistent the problem is that that's not how you win in this meta if you want a 75 percent win rate right that's the meta which means that's the 50 percent win rate so you need to counter the meta and do something different yep and then um, if, if this is just not what you want, take a break. That's fine. A new meta will pop up at some point. You know, you don't, you don't have to love this one. Take a break. It's okay. Um, but that's kind of the way it is. If you were hoping because you're like, oh, man, we have all these control cards, these big cards, and I want to play like that, um, just realize that this is not the meta in which you could do that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever get back to that meta um, because of the way that large cards and also card generation is now um it's such that you can't reliably say oh i have one big card which means my one big card equals or beats or maybe is like 75 percent of one of their big cards and i know i have more big cards at this point um no at this point one big card can beat like three big cards if it's played in a different way if conditions are met or if you just play the card right and it becomes bigger than it actually is like a puzzle box um so that's that's where we are and uh it's the swings yeah it's the swings right like like your your health hasn't changed since the game launched but your swings have gotten 10 times bigger than they used to be so your security has dropped to a tenth of what it used to be um i mean less because it goes out your security goes out exponentially as uh as uh uh, as the um, as the swings increase, so that's that's how the game is now, um, and you can opt into that kind of play, or you can not opt into it. And in this meta, you very clearly can opt out. It's not every meta, right? Well, we've been calling this a tempo possible meta. It's still a tempo possible meta, and I feel like. For Arena to not be, like, just a total clown fiesta uh, going forward in the future, and all these large swing cards are always going to be in the game, they just have to nerf offering rates every single meta for the top cards until it becomes a tempo possible meta. So, I wouldn't skip this meta. I don't think that's a good idea, even if you don't enjoy it. Because I think that this is going to be most metas going forward. Maybe not the week one metas. But I think this is what the developers actually want. Because the alternative is that everybody has the big giant swings. There's no way to counter the big giant swings. And then you have an even more one-dimensional kind of game. So, right now, what are the skills that helps you win games? Well, trading correctly helps you win games. Knowing when to go face and when to trade helps you win games. Knowing when to delay playing a card for more value and when to play it for tempo immediately wins you games. Those are huge. 
Those are huge fundamental skill-based things. Like, this is not a meta in which, how do you win? Oh, you just draft the synergies and then you, like, hopefully get offered them. Like, that is way lower of a skill bar. And many metas, that was a very big part of the skill. Is whether you could draft your synergies and whether you went for it. So, I would much rather be in a meta where these things that I just described matters more than getting the big bombs uh, or like a lot of the big bombs or even getting combos. Um, I think this meta is just misleading. Like it's frustrating because it's misleading because it's very obvious what the meta wants you to do. What the uh, what the developers selected these sets, how they wanted it to go, and it's equally true that that is not how you win games. So, if you're trying to do what you should do, you're not winning. And that's very frustrating, even though, even though you're playing it totally right, right? So, you kind of, like, you're forced to play counter meta. But that's fine. Counter meta is, uh, is, is a great way to go. And if there's enough people playing counter meta, the meta shifts, right? And then that middle area becomes the best way to play, right? Neither too fast nor too slow. And then you have mid-range coming back. Uh, even though right now I would argue the uh, ag more aggressive and tempo decks are really just mid-range decks. Um, it's just the equivalent of a mid-range deck because Skullamance is in. But you're trying to go as fast as you can. You just can't go that fast. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't skip this meta. I think there's going to be a lot of metas like this going forward. There's just not much room you can do. Like, you can't, you can't cut down the swing. Like, you, you can't, or you can't cut down the swing enough. Um, and the, the, I, I don't know. I don't know what other ways you have of, of making a meta have any other kind of, of, uh, of, of play when the swings that are just built into the game that are that big. Like, you gotta, you gotta, you either, like, make it so that you just never get to them, which is more and more impossible because swings start happening on, like, turn four now, I think, is, like, when the most gigantic swings happen. Um... So, like, I don't know. There's just no future for, for the arena that doesn't involve huge swings. And there's no way to build uh, skill into games with huge swings that are mostly based off RNG of some sort without having some kind of tempo possible. Um, or, I mean, what they really need is to also have health possible, right? They need more healing, like, more face healing cards that cost very little. Uh, more taunts that are hard to remove. And they've been building harder and harder to remove taunts. Um, but it's just, it's hard because of the fundamental game design uh, choice of Hearthstone of how taunts work. It's just, it's hard to to properly protect yourself. That's why that uh, that card right now is, uh, is changing the way the entire game of Hearthstone Constructed is played, right? It just gives you 40 health. It's it's because you should have 40 health. That's That's how you match the swing. Everybody should have 40 health. You just don't. Like, maybe that's what they'll do. Maybe in Arena they'll give everybody 40 health to start. And then that'll mitigate the swings. Like, that is... That is a way that you can kind of, you know, bring back more diverse Arena metas. But until they do something crazy like that, this meta right here is going to be a frequent meta. A meta similar to this. It will occur at least a third of the time, I predict. Alright. Um, what else do I want to leave you with? 
Uh, question from the GOAT. Um, if you do not watch the Arena Coop, um, that's not a question. I just want to talk about this. Uh, question from the GOAT brought to you by our Patreons at patreon.com slash goat. Uh, check it out, especially if you uh, you know don't subscribe to us on Twitch and don't watch us on Twitch. That's the the Patreon's the way to uh, to to show us some love and keep the the podcasts uh, going and the YouTube channel going. Um, and the Arena Coop we did last week was the best Arena Coop that we have ever done. It's been eight years. It's Arena Coop. I don't know three fifty four, three forty four, something like that. We've done a lot of Arena Coops. And this one's the best one. So, go watch it. If you normally watch the Arena Coops and you somehow didn't watch that one, you're in for a treat. If you don't care about watching us play co-op arena uh, and just you know listen to the podcast for analysis, still go watch it. It's just such an amazing run. Uh, front, to, front to the end. And I think it showcases a lot of what we're talking about. We, uh, it's a druid run. So, you know, we were doing normal things. We were doing very normal things in a very abnormal meta. Um, oh, it's so, normal yeah, uh, for this meta. Okay, normal for this meta, but abnormal. Nor- we're, we're facing abnormal decks while we are doing shockingly normal things. Um, and it's not a fluke, right? Like the the very next run that I did, uh, which was uh, Friday, we we got twelve wins uh, as as Hunter. That one was you know not a normal deck, and that it was an aggressive Hunter deck. Uh, but it's still the same general idea. Like you just. You go tempo, right? And uh, good things happen. I'm not saying you do a normal tempo deck, you'll get 12 wins, but uh, you'll, you'll, you'll have good success. At least as of this point in the meta. I see it changing very fast, because it's been too easy. Like, it's honestly been too easy to find success with tempo decks in this meta. That everyone's going to catch on. Even, you know, if we didn't have this podcast telling people to do this. Um, everybody's going to catch on, and then uh, the meta's going to be more dynamic. Um, because we've seen in uh, prior metas, metas do shift in the arena now. You could start out in one place, and then with no changes to any of the card offering rates or whatever, it could totally change in two weeks. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to nerf mage or not. I hope they nerf mage, but even if they don't nerf mage, I think the rest of the meta is, is shifting right now and may look very different two weeks from now. Yep, get your runs in if, if you care about leaderboard. and I, I, I don't know. If anybody still cares about <laughs> that stuff, sure. Uh, okay, uh, that's it for us. Um, until next week, this is Abuka. This is Merp. See you guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.